By staying home, you can not only protect your health and that of those around you, but ensure that our healthcare professionals and our healthcare systems can focus on those who need their help. Hello and welcome to Corona Movie Club, my entertainment world's answer to social isolation. Um, so we have a schedule of movies and we're all going to watch them independently in our own socially isolated homes and then three times a week we're going to get together over the internet and talk about them just like your mom's old book club used to do. Um, except now there's nothing old about it because it's all over the internet and we're all social isolating so that we don't help spread the coronavirus around the universe. Um, so we have people from all over North America who are participating and there's going to be different people on each call from the uh, core group. And so every episode, I'm going to come in and introduce the film that we're going to be watching, as well as the names of the people that are going to be on that week's call or that episode's call, because we're going to be doing this three times a week. Um, so I hope you guys enjoy. Let's go to the movies. It's something to do. This week's movie is Uncorked, which is another 2020 Netflix film, um, but this time it's a drama, fairly light drama, sort of comedy-ish drama, but it's a drama, um, and it is written and directed by Prentice Penny, who is the showrunner of HBO's Insecure. If any of you watch that show, all of you should. Um, it stars Mamadou Athi, who is also in um, uh, Sorry for Your Loss, which is on Facebook Watch, of all things, but it's really good. It's all about grief. Um, which it's not, it's more fun than it sounds, but it's not like a ton of fun. Anyway, you should watch it. It's great. And Courtney B. Vance from, uh, the OJ TV show, Niecy Nash, who's so good in this. It's a great cast. It's really, it's a, it's a lovely little movie. Um, that's really all there is to it. It's about, uh, someone who wants to be a sommelier, uh, which is just like nice, simple subject matter, really intimate, personal little family drama. So I hope you enjoy it. This movie was sweet. This movie was visually appealing. This movie was surprisingly deep. <laughs> that was cute. Uh, for anyone who didn't see the movie, um, there's it's about a wannabe sommelier, and one of the things in it is that he learns to describe wines by saying, this wine is over and over and over again. So that's what that was. Yeah, that was my master sommelier uh, blind tasting of <laughs> your, th your theory was good, but your understanding of the rest of the film needs work. Ouch. No. <laughs> I, I have a bone to pick with you now, Matt. <laughs> You're going to have to watch it at least two more times. Oh, I absolutely would, too. I thought that this was a pleasant film. I would definitely watch this at least two more times. Because he failed the test, even though he got the theory right, but he got yeah. the practice yes. wrong, and then he needs to take the test at least two times to pass. Yeah. Yes. Hey, it's all in-jokes for people who've seen the movie. <laughs> it's lovely, isn't it? What lovely. happened? So Nicole didn't see it? I'm so confused. <laughs> Nicole saw it. Okay. Nicole just needs to see it a few more times. We're just, we're both quoting the movie. A lot. To review the movie, basically. We're, we're already witty, but I don't know if it's translating. We're so <laughs> off the rails. Wow. 
We are. Nicole and I understand what we're saying to each other. Exactly. We're only two minutes in, and Matt and I are already speaking our own language. I'm following. I just think that no one else is following. And this is a podcast. <laughs> but it's about a film that presumably yeah. others have seen. So if you've seen it, you definitely know at least where part of this is coming from. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> so, what did you think? Mm, uh, I'm not going to be clever as or cutesy as uh, Nicole and Matt, but um, I overall liked it. But I think I either wanted it to be a mini series or for them to remove one of the subplots because I thought it was really. I liked the story. I loved the father son dynamic, but I thought some of the subplots, like with the girlfriend or even the mother's death, felt a little fast. Or like his relationship with his friends didn't feel as well defined. And I liked I liked all the elements. I just wanted them to be built out a little bit more. So I thought I'm like, oh, this is a mini series. Cause I don't think it needs to be like a five season long show, but I'm like, if we had a little bit more time to delve into these episodes, um, these different elements, I thought that would I I would enjoy that a little bit more versus things felt a little bit rushed. But overall it was satisfying. I'd agree that's, with that's our second one in a row where we felt that way and we've been doing a lot of Netflix original movies. I do wonder if there's a little bit of like discussion in some boardroom somewhere of should this be a movie? Should this be a series? And then this should be a Netflix series because those are like two seasons long and then they cancel it. So like this would be perfect for two seasons. <laughs> I agree with that like wholeheartedly. I definitely felt like the mother's death was really, really rushed. And I get that it's to try and drive a plot point and move, you know, move the, the film along, but she deserved better than that. I mean, come on, Sylvia was keeping it together. I love Niecy Nash so much because mm-hmm. she's one of those people yes. whose career has been so broad and silly and she's so over the top, but she's so like endearing. And when she like brings it down and does something really grounded, it's like, mm, man, you've got the goods, Niecy. Mm-hmm. You know, I was shocked when I Wikipedia the cast after and saw that she was Denise Hemphill or whatever her name is from Scream Queens, <laughs> like the funniest part of that series. And just the difference between that to this was, yeah, amazing. She's glorious. She She's is. fantastic in this. You kind of want her to be your mama. I loved I, just the sheer support, like unending support of her son, knowing that he's driving through something, like getting him to go to Paris, getting all excited about when he would send her, quote, Paris shit, really <laughs> made me happy. Uh, yeah, I enjoyed when she was looking through the texts and was like, it's him in front of a building. It's him in front of another building. A French it's, him in just, it's just him in front of buildings, but they're French buildings. <laughs> yeah. yes. I, I just, I loved that whole dynamic. Like, she didn't understand what was going on, but she knew it was important to Elijah, so she was like, I'm cool with this. Yeah, the detail like a... that she couldn't pronounce sommelier, but she tried yeah. and tried and tried was lovely. But also she had like, I guess, a near-death experience with cancer already. So she has that sort of in the back of her head of trying to live your life the way you want to. And so she's like, I want him to have a happy life because I almost like lost mine. And then I did. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, thought, I thought it was a pretty, I think it was, the conflicts were very cliche, but it was a very decently done movie. It was a very good movie, I think. Um, the 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 cinematography I think was really 
great. Like it's not like artistic or anything, but I think it was just beautifully shot. Um, the actors were all good. Um, I thought there was maybe some montages that were a little overdone or like too many of them, even though I liked all the music choices. Um, I just thought there was too many of them and I was just like, oh, let's get back to the story already. Um, but I think that was mainly the first half of the movie. The second half, they didn't do that as much. Um, but when they did, it was French rap, which I really loved. Oh, yeah, yeah. I loved yeah. that they kept his, the, the love of rap that started everything, including his relationship with Tanya in the beginning. And the montages where he's like riding a bike in France, he's doing it to French rap, which I and thought then, was really cool. And then the father had like Nina Simone. So we had even just like stylistically, I guess, what their age groups are, what they were listening to. Um, so I, I, just, I just thought the music choices were good. Um, made sense. Uh, what else? I agree with that. Uh, and I, I agree with what, uh, what you said, Saya, too. But all the uh, about like this could probably be better as a series, more developed. There's a lot of there's almost a full thing there uh, with the friends and the the guy helping him out with the money, going to France. But also, it's just like then it was a conflict, but then it wasn't a conflict. Then he like because his mother died and he went home. Yeah, there was a little bit of the like yeah. th with Harvard, the character who paid for him to go to France. That's one of the places where I think you're right, Saya, where like they jumped really quickly between like there was a conflict between them to like, oh, I respect like almost like a Coriolanus Aphidius, like you're the only one I respect because you're my like <laughs> true rival who's my equal and therefore I like you, love you, slash hate you. Um there there was this it was set up with kind of a complex dynamic and then they just jumped right to, and now we're friends and I'd do anything for you, um, which was really weird. I also didn't understand how the like kind of screw up -y guy who hung out with them passed the <laughs> master sommelier test where apparently only 200 people have ever passed it. And he's like, they, they used him at the end to like drive home the point of this could be you, but why not pick the girl? Like that yeah. guy should have definitely failed the test. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, but it was his like fourth time though, and I liked that. That we we really didn't get to see his side of the story or like his side of the journey. We just kind of saw him as the screw up, more so towards the beginning, and then yeah, like I I don't know, I liked it. So it had nothing to do with his skill and everything to do with the fact that he took it a few years. Oh, when you do things more than once, don't you improve your skill set? Isn't that but, what like, practices? But, Although but the, this was a different test, that he took the entrance exam to the course multiple times. Ah, this is his first true. time taking the master test and he still passed. Yeah, but he still had like all of those years of experience comparative to Eli, who was like just a year of sort of amateur interest into the exam as opposed to like having worked in the restaurant like Screw Up Guy did for however many years and like doing all the extra studying to pass that first test then before finally advancing to be able to take this uh, master test. I don't know. No, I just, Richie. Eh, sorry? It would have been Richie, the, the screw up -y guy. Oh, you learned his name. Good for you. Yes, I did. Yes. <laughs> but interestingly enough, we don't know the girl's name. Yeah. Well, that's, that's annoying. Yes. So like, I know the mom's name is Sylvia. Mm -hmm. Got that part. Um, I know Richie's name. I know Harvard is known as Harvard. 
but I really would have loved to have some backstory to the super sassy <laughs> girl in the study group because quite honestly, loved it. I'm sitting there <laughs> loving every single time she was savage at somebody. I'm like, this girl right here has it. And I would have loved to kind of to Kelly's point, I, I would have loved to see her be the master sommelier at the end. Mm. Um, because it kind of would have been a little more believable for me, especially when it's, they're making the point that she knows what they're talking about. She's on the same page. She's kind of gotten it down as far as the blind tastings are going. So we see her being a master at it all. And then at the end, it's kind of like they forgot that they had set up for that. So that Richie, and I know it's supposed to be a full circle thing because he didn't pass the entrance exam. I know that that's what it's probably supposed to be, but it felt kind of disingenuous to the character that they're kind of forgetting that the entire, his entire journey <laughs> was him not being quite there yet. And, and quite like quite below the other people too. Like it was like the other three were at this level. It was very clear that they were. Right. He wasn't. Unless they were all just wrong, and it was just a. <laughs> it was all a ruse. And it was just a you know a, a majority thing. <laughs> also, his friendship, like not just his development as a sommelier, but like the friendship because um, Harvard and Elijah were very close, and then like they kind of bonded bonded after Harvard left. But then like we see Elijah go home, and the way they waved at each other when they saw each other at the entrance exam, I was like, oh, you haven't seen each other since Paris, have you? Like, it felt like they, like, after he dropped out of school, they probably, it didn't seem like they'd seen each other in a while. There was, like, this awkwardness. But then they were close enough in the end that Elijah went to support him at the restaurant. And I was just like, I feel like there's a lot missing in the gaps here. And that just felt weird to me. And it was, I don't know. And it's just sort of something, like, I would have liked to see um, that relationship more because I thought it was interesting. It just, like... I just felt like I guess having to fill in too many gaps there. Right. I think that to like there was an element to Richie's character that was like he's not like we have a tendency I think as a culture to be like oh he's like the underdog nerdy guy he must be such a good person and we must love him but like I think that he was kind of they were trying to hint that he was like a little bit darker and weirder than that but they just like it was such a like generally nice pretty simple movie that it, it wasn't wasn't really space for that kind of thing but some of the like weird details like the whole thing about I'm gonna buy you a coffee okay give me money <laughs> like all of those kind of things are like oh that usually goes so well for me throwing my friends under the bus like these weird little details I think that the idea then would have been at the end like they haven't spoken in six months but he invited him to the restaurant he was gonna like comp their meals just to show off and like make sure that everybody knows that he's a master so I'm like yeah you know like I think that if they'd had more space or maybe interest in developing that character and sort of really following those threads that they planted, but like following them through, I think maybe there was something there that connected more as a full character as opposed to just like their friends. And it doesn't really make sense. Like they didn't do a good enough job of establishing that they're friends. Does that make sense? No, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think a, a lesser movie, though, would have had both of them pass. I'm glad, I'm actually really glad that Elijah did not pass the test. I agree. Sorry, Elijah. Yeah. 
Like, well, also because they made a whole thing about how you can't do this test without the program. Right. Um, so if he'd then been able to pass the test without the program, that's very frustrating. And right. um, I have a friend who always says that Little Big League is the most realistic baseball movie because they lose in the end. Little Big League is about a child who becomes a baseball manager. So, it, you know, it's not realistic. <laughs> but that one little detail, just like the idea of losing in the end. There's a few <laughs> movies that do that, though. Sports movies. I don't, you don't have to get into it. But like Moneyball, they don't, I don't think they win in the end. But they... Moneyball's a true story, though. So there's only so much they could do. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's true. Doesn't Rocky lose, too? Rocky loses, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, weirdly, Angels in the Outfield, they just make it to the World Series. That's the end of the movie. Um, <laughs> anyway, but the but the idea of losing in the end somehow grounds the film a little bit more um, and makes it a little bit more realistic. And also adds weight to the whole decision he made for his father. And Because if you can pass the exam while having not finish the program then it's a pretty light decision right yeah and I like that the reaction of the father still wasn't this complete upheaval of his character by having him suddenly go into like all these details about how he's feeling and not he's not becoming a replacement for his mom he's just kind of like you good (laughs) okay and you want something to eat (laughs) so it's (laughs) he's staying true to himself but he's really kind of taken on the, I understand now that my, this is what my son wants. I've accepted this. I've lost my wife and she accepted this. I'm going to kind of take up her mantle without totally replacing her. So I like that they didn't make this, make it this magical epiphany moment. It was just a, all right, you really like this wine stuff, don't you? Yeah. And I think that's uh, even slightly more than that too, because I think he realizes that he has some skill and talent and he sees maybe himself in his son in the, and how much he knows about his expertise and, and his passion about it because he, he goes to all these different places every morning or every week to get the food. And he's very meticulous about, you know, saying no to cheap things and like he knows what's good and what's bad. And, and so when he hears his son, like order that drink at the bar, I think that's sort of a turning point of being like, he's like just seeing some of himself in his son. Um, oh, absolutely. Yeah. And he gives him, he decides at that moment to like give him what he can, but to Nicole's point, he still only has the tools that he has. Yeah. He doesn't miraculously develop better communication skills or better sort of um, like sweetness or whatever. All he has is what he has. And then he's able to, operate within that so like what he has is do you want something to eat or I can cook you smoked chicken and you can pair with that and like (laughs) he helps how he can help because all you can really do at the end of the day is just do what you can do and I think he notices him sad afterwards um I think I think this is after he didn't get it and he's just like he's counting like their stock or something in the in the side of their new bar and then he notices that he's kind of sad there and he just kind of walks away, but he knows that he's still thinking about being a sommelier. And so when he gets the call about him not coming at the end, um, he just knows that that's, that's, that's a good thing instead of it being a negative thing. That but also I love the moment of the dog in the truck when that happens. Yes. 
I like that they juxtapose that really strong like moment of he find you finally built up the character to where he can finally accept his son for who his son is, and he's got this dog like the hell's this dog doing in my truck? He's gonna shit on the mats. I thought that was hysterical. <laughs> what was that? I it almost felt like a dog like it was un. Like, that's not how it works, because obviously you need a dog handler if you're going to have the dog in it. But, like, it almost felt like there was just a dog in the van and or in the truck and no one told Courtney B. Vance. And then he was just finished the scene. He's like, what's this dog doing? <laughs> it was beautiful. <laughs> yeah. I, I was first like, they had a dog this whole time? <laughs> yeah, it, 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 yeah, I was watching. I was like, wait, how did the dog get there? Like, why is there a dog? Very quickly. That's how the dog gets there. <laughs> the dog should be everywhere. Dog is the new star of this film. Oh my god. 10 out of 10. Dog sommelier. Let's make the movie go. Oh my like god. Like Airbud, but with wine. Yes, it would be so classy. Yeah. So ridiculously classy. I have just the dog. Um, he is not anywhere near classy, but you know what? It's time. So the dog sniffs each glass and then he stands on his little hind legs next to the one that you're supposed to pick. Exactly. I actually yeah. think dogs would be really good at wine. They probably <laughs> would. They'd be like, hmm, yes, this is the this <laughs> is the Russian River Valley. Yes. They don't have to taste it at all. They just got to smell it. Exactly. I could tell from like the first 30 seconds of the call <laughs> that this one was going to be a mess. <laughs> but we have really, we really <laughs> wandered here, guys. We're pitching a great movie. We have come across genius. As <laughs> I do whenever things have gone totally off the rails, I'm going to say, Saya, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, about, I mean, I think dogs would <laughs> make a, okay, small. They wouldn't do great at the service part, I think. Like, they would struggle to have the polish. Um, See what you've done, Kelly? You've made it worse. <laughs> <laughs> so if you could train a dog pretty well, I think, to be a good server, because they're really obedient, like the ones that are trainable are super obedient. Just and so they'd be really- Just on his snout? Yeah. I mean, another, like we have this dog bit, that's great. Another bit I liked a lot was the family being like, the Som- Somalian, you're gonna be a pirate? And then, yeah. and then she's like, your African wine thing? And he's like, it's, <laughs> it's, not, not it's just like this really funny recurring thing. And it just felt very real to me that like your, your parents do misunderstand and like they're trying, but they don't quite get it. But the love and support is there. And I just thought that was a very, I liked how grounded the relationships were. Even though I thought some of them were rushed, I thought that they felt real. Like last week, Kelly, you made the note that like married couples are boring, but I really liked um, Niecy Nash and Courtney B. Vance. Like, that relationship, like, it felt so real, and there was, like, this, even when they were arguing, there was this, like, mutual love and respect that I don't think we necessarily always see, and sometimes parents are just kind of, like, boring parents, but these parents felt very much in love and very real to me. Well, I think that but they were boring, like, they were in the, in the idea of what I mean by that, of, like, they just felt really settled, and there weren't, like, plot points between them, you know what I mean? Like, I felt when I made that comment with Old Guard, like they were trying to make them really romantic and I was like well no they've been together a really long time like that doesn't ring true to me that they're still these like wide-eyed you know whereas um these these this couple was really like really lived in and familiar and they had that way of talking where everything sort of takes on a bit of a coded element to it because everything's kind of a reference to that and you don't fully have to explain that because he was there for that and like you know 
Um, and it just kind of comes together in a really beautiful shorthand way where like, but there was no drama between them really. Like that's what I mean by boring. Like yeah. there wasn't, they couldn't have carried a plot by themselves. There, there was just, you know, they were just, they just were, they were together and we believed that um, in that way that um, really long-term couples have that new couples don't have. Hey, they really would have made a great drama series when they went to CC's for the all you can eat crab. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that was funny. <laughs> I, just lo- I really love the interplay between them. I thought it was really, it really does ring true. It's Dungeness and soft shell. Yeah. And soft shell. <laughs> really, it makes a difference, guys. Is this the new this is the new wedding thing? Yes. <laughs> new wedding bar, create my own. Our Hi, audience I'm does Connor. not know what we're talking about. Crab legs, Dungeness, and soft shell. Yeah, yeah. They were they were lovely and they were so yeah, just completely believable. Um another character, like the idea of having the brother there who like served absolutely no purpose (laughs) um and the sister too like there was just they were there to make it seem like this was a whole family um but there wasn't enough time in the movie to actually do anything with them they were just there to sort of set the scene a little bit but I liked the inclusion because it is such a different thing when you have a family business that you're passing down when there's multiple kids but there's like one left who's the one who's gonna get the business and for him to reject it as opposed to just being an only child Mm -hmm. it is a different a very different um, decision for him to make and so the idea of being one of three but being the one who was always expected to take the restaurant um, I think is an interesting dynamic and I'm glad they were there even though they weren't you know they didn't get to do anything really yeah and I think that's a very common dynamic between parents and children about this like um being an heir of something or just taking over a business or having expectations on them. And I just think it's like every culture has this um, somewhere. Some, you know, some parents are just like, you can do whatever and we'll support you. But other, like there's some people that are just like, no, you're going to take over the business. I'm going to groom you for it. And that's that. Or you have to be a doctor, you know, that sort of thing. Well, especially a, like a family business that like, he's given up so much to carry on this business that when you sell a family business, it's like, well, I built all of that and now it's just gone as opposed to starting from nothing and saying, well, you have to be a doctor because I don't know, we want you to be a doctor. (laughs) The idea of like, if you don't take this, this thing I've built ceases to exist. There's like an extra personal pressure that I feel is a little bit more, I have a little bit more empathy for that than for yeah. the just like you should be a doctor but the other thing i loved is the brief brief mentions of the idea of that the sister could kind of take over the mantle because she's making mom's monkey bread and mm-hmm. it, it was not it wasn't half bad she better not make it again though so like you can tell <laughs> that she's taking on some of like the cooking roles in in the family and she might be the one that's interested in or possibly equipped to handle taking over the family business, but it's never discussed that she might be the the best person to take over the because business. Because she's a bad cook. <laughs> yeah, there's a whole thing about how she can't cook. I mean, there is a whole thing about how she can't cook. However, she it wasn't half bad, they said. 
Also, it's possible that she never learned to cook because she was never the one who was going to be taking over the business. Right. And around and around we go. Like she yeah. can't take over the business because she can't cook and she can't cook because she was never going to take over the business. Right. Yeah. But if she tried, because she really put her heart and soul, you could... <laughs> into the monkey bread. <laughs> into the monkey bread because it was like the thing that reminded her of her mom. <laughs> it made her happy because it made her think of her mom. So I'm like, if you had just given sister the chance... She might have surprised you, and she might have taken over the mantle of the barbecue stand. But no, I, I, wanted, I wanted to eat that pink thing that she made or whatever, just like on the, the first thing that she the made. The ambrosia salad? Yes. Oh, God, I hate ambrosia salad I just so much. wanted, it looked I, so nice that I just wanted to try it, even if it was no. unpopular opinion. I really like ambrosia salad solely because I really like marshmallows. There are so many better ways to have your marshmallows. <laughs> oh, and I have had them in every single way you could possibly have a marshmallow. I love it in jello and served with savory meat is not a good way to have marshmallows. You can also just have a marshmallow. They're good on their own. You can also take the marshmallow and roast it over the gas fireplace or the gas stove. This is my go-to. <laughs> this is this is good too. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be doing that later. <laughs> Just FYI, A plus marshmallow preparation. Does anybody know a lot about wine? Uh, I have the wine Bible that they were using in the film upstairs. Mm. Does anybody know? Because I was, every time I see a movie where somebody's supposed to be an expert in something, very rarely is it, a, are they an expert in a thing I'm an expert in? Because I'm only good at three things. So I was wondering, where's the level of wine expertise? Like the, the analysis at the beginning with the hip hop artists, is that really astute or is that really dumb? Um, that, and same thing with like all of the different analyses that we get along the way. I actually, like I, I do like white wines, but I'm not like an expert, but I know the difference of taste of them. And, and I sort of know the characters of the rappers. So when, when he was, equating them I actually like agreed with him I agreed I agreed with his taste I was just like yeah Drake would be a Riesling <laughs> makes sense. With his feelings. it really does work uh and I feel like uh, that's a, a weird pull for Pinot Grigio though right because that's like a pretty mainstream wine like pretty acceptable yeah, wine except I don't like that wine <laughs> it's super it's because it is dry it does have that kick because it is so much drier but yeah, like, it's, it's I, I thought it was good. I'm, I'm sitting there going, this is a good way to get people who would not necessarily be interested in knowing what the idiosyncrasies of wine are to get involved. Like it was the perfect, I know it was meant to be like this meat cute, but it was a really nice way of explaining wine to folks who otherwise might not be interested in wine. So I'm by no means a wine snob. I'm kind of, I'm with Vargo. Like I can, I can tell you what the differences are. I can tell you what you'll like depending on your palate. But with that, the beginning there, I was like, this is really neat. I like that he's <laughs> comparing wine to rappers. Now I have to find something to compare wines to. I'm like maybe a book. I'll be that nerd who can like figure out what kind of wine you like based on what literature you enjoy. No, Nicole, here's what you're doing. 
you're doing the the varieties of wine by like which March sister is which or something like that. Oh, that's fair. Yeah, that and yeah, I would be doing that too. I'm basically a human BuzzFeed quiz when it comes to uh, what people would like based on what characters in classic literature they like. Based on suitors of Elizabeth Bennet. Oh no no. All right, you like Heathcliff? Ooh, do I have a wine for you? <laughs> It's actually just scotch. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got a scotch for you too. Not kidding. Totally shows my open bar based on which one had Glenn Levitt. <laughs> mm. uh, oh yeah, I'm also a whiskey snob. So it's, it's basically any type of liquor or alcohol of any sort. I'm just saying I can't picture Heathcliff drinking wine. I feel <laughs> like he's like a straight straight alcohol something something dark and moody well there's a difference between what he would drink and what wine he would be if he, he was a wine oh that's true because we don't always want to drink ourselves right we would want <laughs> exactly that would be gross um as matt so very vividly <laughs> there uh, but like he would be a nice bold wine <laughs> maybe full like in in the very convenient montage scene where they were like um they were trying to make him talk about his mom or like show that he was having feelings about his oh, mom yeah. but he was also like trying to study and they were like it's a really bold wine that has like smoked meat <laughs> and they were trying to use all these things that described his mom and like force them into a wine for thematic purposes that wine sounded gross <laughs> they're better smoked than meat wine the smoked meat it was like it was a dark burgundy to match her dress and it had all these like sassy notes and then it also evoked smoked meat and i was like i don't think i'd like this spicy crimson and definitely smoked meats you got it there i want to know what all of us would order wine wise like you don't have to be crazy about what you choose just like have you ordered wine before what yeah. do you usually choose? Diet Coke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I go for like a Riesling or an ice wine just so I can drink pure alcoholic uh, sugary syrup. Saya? I am not a wine drinker. Uh, the only wine I have in my house is for cooking purposes. Um, so I, yeah, I'm, I'm a whiskey or cider girl. I guess if I were going to order wine, I'd get umeshu, like plum wine. But that's oh, yeah. not really fine wine. But right. uh, yeah, not not much of it. I know I know nothing about this, so I did appreciate. It. I was like, I feel like I'm learning things. It all sounded very real to me. When <laughs> this the wine. And then you have me, the Malbec and Tempranillo person. Oh gosh. No one knows what that means, Nicole. Is it a red uh, wine? It's a bold, full-bodied red wine. Does it evoke smoked meat? Not usually. <laughs> <laughs> But it does have, there are some nice smoky flavors, just not like specifically smoked meat. I, I also like Riesling. I know Matt Ooh, said Riesling, that. that's what I'll drink in like the summertime. Yeah. Yes, I, have a, I have a scratch and sniff uh, picture book that's all about picking what kind of wine you like that I got from Dollarama. That's great. So it's basically like it's made it's it's made to be like a kid's book, but for adults to help guide you through the different qualities of like red wine 
and white wine and like they have sections that you can scratch sniff and then like assess where your palate is and then decide like at the end it tells you what kind of wine you should get i'm gonna need you to send that to me (laughs) (laughs) fyi interesting have you tried it and then bought the wine you were told to get not yet i forgot i had it i just found it like a week or two ago i have yet to scratch or sniff Hmm. okay um, I don't really drink wine. I, well, I, I do drink red wine on occasion. It's my cocktail party drink because I'm a lightweight. Um, but I like to have a drink in my hand. It's like a prop. <laughs> and if I get something I really enjoy, like my, my alcoholic drink is a rye and ginger. Um, I will just drink it really fast and then I'll have another one. And I can't have that because I'm too much of a lightweight. So I get a glass of red wine cause it takes me like four hours to drink one glass of red wine. Um, so I always have it, but I don't drink too much during the party. Ta-da! Mark, <laughs> red wine just gives me a headache. I don't know why. Then you might no. want white wine. That's same full bodiedness, but I find white wine too acidic. Depends on the white wine. Okay. <laughs> See, you did we're a whole turning. thing about how you're not an expert, and then you were like, "Well, uh, may I suggest a full-bodied white?" <laughs> Isn't that a really good impression? I have a wine Bible. <laughs> Nailed it. I got very excited about going to Italy, so I read through the wine Bible. It, there was a, it was a whole thing. Sure. I get Does really excited else? about research. <laughs> Does anyone have anything else to say about this movie? I liked it. I think it's in my top three of what we've watched thus far. Unfortunately, that's not a super high bar, though. <laughs> there were some. Movies, there, was, there was. There were like a handful of movies I really liked. Okay, maybe like top two then. Like I feel like it needs a special golden star in my books because yeah. it definitely stood out as like I'm enjoying this movie significantly more than most of the ones that I. Or, and I'm accounting for the ones that I didn't already know, like the ones I've just gone in fresh watching for the first time because the ones I already knew, I knew if I liked them or not. But yeah, out of all the things we've seen, this is like. Is it my top? It might be my top. Who knows? But it's definitely like between one or two. I would watch this again. Oh, yeah. Like a lot. There are a few that have been um, pervasive in my quarantine experience that they just come up over and over and over again because I'm a creature of habit and I at least like to have something in the background. And this one I would watch over and over and over again just because I like the layers and I like the overall, it, it's it's got a nice mix of happy and and deep. So, I would like I, I would watch this <laughs> multiple times and probably not get sick of it. Oh, I also want it to be a musical. I thought that multiple times. Like I want it to be like a sort of rap slash something else hybrid. But like I just basically want to hear him rapping all the characteristics of the wines. <laughs> And then when they go to France, it's all in French. It's all in French, yeah. But yeah, I, I think it would be a really good musical. Just Edith Piaf singing in the corner. Yes. And belting out love yellows. <laughs> there you go. I, I've recreated the entire film for you, Matt. With dog Somalians. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, Kelly. <laughs> happening. We're going to have a movie musical with dog Somalies 
rap and sing French songs. Yes. Okay, well, you're in charge of telling Courtney B. Vance what's happened to his movie. <laughs> I'm sure he'll just say, what's this dog doing in my movie? And we'll move from there. Someone get this dog from my movie. It's shitting on my carpets. And with that, the recording <laughs> is over. Uh -huh.